Hello! Welcome back. I'm probably being too fucking loud. What's good, my... Not gonna say the n-word. Wasn't gonna say the n-word. Um, but yeah, um, I know it's been a while. Fuck me. Again, I know. I keep breaking promises. How fucked am I? Um, I've been saying I was going to do it alone consistently. I broke that promise. I've been saying I was going to do it on video. I broke that promise. I've been saying I was going to do it with some other guests. I broke that promise. But guess what? The time has come. The kingdom is near. You've got it. You've got it now. We're back. We're going to post this one on YouTube. I'm going to turn the gain down just a wee bit. Give me two seconds. Hopefully that's good. It's hard to do all this tech shit by myself because I'm retarded. So I need somebody like Hunter, who I miss dearly. Come back to me, sweet Hunter. Come back to me. Um, to be here to, you know, baby me through it. But I don't have that right now. So I'm flying by the seat of my pants, as they say. Lone wolf in it. Again, it's probably going to be the norm from here on out. Ava was here. You just missed her. But she went back home. She's dating a Native American right now. And now she's like smoking DMT and talking about how the deers have spirits. And, and you know, it's interesting. Um, but, yeah, just missed her. We were having... So much fun um, that we didn't have time to record, unfortunately. So I'll just talk a little bit about uh, what all we did. So she came home. Um, we had some fun. We went to a place called Tequila Mamas. And uh, we had an amazing server named Anna, um, a Latina woman. And she was lovely. She gave us a free shot. She gave us a gin and soda. She's very helpful. We got a picture with her. It was great. Um, her shot, she took it with us, which I hope that doesn't get her in trouble. I love you, Anna. Don't be mad at me if I get you in trouble. If anything, I'm, I'm giving you business. Um, and so Ava took that, and she ended up getting a wee bit too drunk. Um, couldn't get up the stairs is one indicator. Um, barging in my room with bunny ears on is another indicator. Um, not being able to speak is certainly another indicator, but it was fun. I had a good time. I wish we could have record, but we didn't. Now I have to do it by myself and that's fine. I know I'm a bad boy. I'm trying to be better. Um, but yeah, a little bit about me. Um, I started a job. I'm a corporate shill, I guess, which we all knew was coming, um, one day or another, but it's fun. But I was working a little too much and I saw that I was working like, you know, like 10 hours and it was like, no good. Yeah, it's not that. 
Um, so I'm, I'm like, I'm getting back into the groove of things. Going to do this more. Um, I'm going to a couple open mics. Um, hopefully going to get back into comedy again because it's been a while. Sorry. Again, I've been busy. Busy. Um, and yeah, you know, just fucking around, hanging out. For a second, I forgot I was 23 and I thought I was 50. I started acting like I lived in uh, the immediate suburbs of Atlanta, like Sandy Springs, and I had four kids and um, a $5 million house, which I'm close to that, but not quite. Um, but yeah, it's been going well, um, getting yoked and shit. I did a hypertrophy period, which this is good. This is a good segue because I'm, I'm, I'll be honest. I didn't know what I was going to talk about. I've now found the first thing I'll talk about and I'll have to do it again probably three more times. Flying by the seat of my pants. Um, but so I did an eight week hypertrophic training period. Um, because before that, I was doing sheer intensity, one rep, three rep, maybe five. Um, and I, was, I wasn't was seeing the same results as I was when I started it because I had been doing it for a long time. So now I did that. I put on 12 pounds, took some progress picks, some gains picks, you know, because you have to. You have to. You shouldn't be big and then just not... Show it. Well, what's the point? You know, it's like having a Ferrari and just leaving it in the garage. You can't do that. You've got to show it. You, if you don't like it, that's fine. You've got to at least drive it every once in a while. So I did, but that ended now. I'm back on the calisthenics wave and I am actually doing better than w- when I was, you know, only doing calisthenics. And it's because I'm a, I'm a genius and I came up with the perfect formula. So click the link below for my $500 three-week workout plan. That's a joke. That's a joke. Um, but I can do a full planche now. Um, and I'm not going to explain what these are. Just look them up. You'll be okay. Full planche, handstand, front lever. Muscle up, uh, pistol squat, but I've always been able to do that. And then I think that's probably like it for any real cool ones. The other ones are for pussies. Um, but yeah, and I expected it because my new philosophy is ingenious. Fuck Chris Bumstead, fuck Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, fuck Athlean X. Fuck, I can't think of anybody else. But like if, you know, any like mom that does training too, like to get like mom's fit and shit, like, you know, fuck her too. This shit is right here and it's the key, okay? It revolves around the physics formula for power or force, really. Okay, I already kind of fucked up, but you know, stick with me a little bit. So, physics, the bullshit class you took in high school, 
you'll learn two important things. Number one, that the farthest way to launch a projectile is 45 degrees. I've used that many times now in uh, balloon fights, in throwing basketballs, apples, women, whatever. The farthest way to throw it is 45 degrees because it's the perfect, if you think about it, anything above that is too high so it slopes off too much. Anything below that, the momentum will slow it down. It'll just crash too fast. So you got to go perfectly 45 and that's maximum distance. The second thing you learn is the, the equation for force. Okay, What's the equation for force? I'll give you five seconds. The equation for force is F equals MA. If you don't already know that, just remember, you know, you get F'd in the A, except it's M. So it's not N, but it's M. So it's close, but you can think, you know, F'd in the A. Okay. Force equals mass times acceleration. That's it. Now let me explain. If you shit your pants, change them, pause it, put them back on, get ready. I'm about to make you shit again. So force equals mass times acceleration. Now, how do you apply that to fitness? Well, the goal of functional fitness is to generate force over a long period of time and maximize that force. I'll get to the long period of time part in just a second. But force equals mass times acceleration. So mass, how do you get that in fitness? Well, that's hypertrophy. That's what bodybuilders focus on. Getting a lot of muscle, toning it up, putting on a lot of mass. Um, the way to do that is to train in a hypertrophic range because you have three types of muscle fibers, okay? And I'm gonna, probably going to get like two of them a little confused. Uh, um, but I'll get, I'll get the, the overarching theme correct. So you have type one, which is endurance muscle fibers. I'll get to those in a second. You have type 2A. Type 2A, I believe, is quick to twitch muscle fibers. That's acceleration. Type 2B is uh, slow twitch muscle fibers. That's going to be what's responsible for mass. Okay, I might have the two the 2A and 2B confused. Sue me. I'm helping you. I'm kidding. Um. So. The way to target the type 2 A muscle fibers to gain mass is to do think of it as a metric of volume and intensity. Okay, so all volume is is just the sets multiplied by the reps. So if you're doing five sets of five, you have a volume of 25. That's literally all it is. If you're doing one set of one, so like a max, the volume is one. Okay, intensity is how much effort is exerted per unit. Okay. So a, a bench max is going to be a lot more intense than um, five sets of five per unit just because the in the five sets of five, one rep is easier and less intense than a bench max. Cool. So um, think of it as a metric of that. So the way to get hypertrophic results to gain mass is to do medium intensity and medium reps. 
So you're gonna want to hang around the five, five by five, uh, four by six, you know, four by ten, anything up from there. You don't really want to get over a volume of like definitely 100, but probably 80. You want to keep it in that nice little range um, because that gets into another type of muscle fiber, type one, which is for endurance. Okay. So then that's mass. All right, we've covered mass. Just think big mass. Okay, right there. Baby skull, amazing. Um, now acceleration, force equals mass times acceleration. What is acceleration? How do you work that? Well, that's power, okay? So being quick, being strong, and that comes from your type 2B muscle fibers, which are your quick twitch muscle fibers. So you work these out by doing high intensity, low volume. So you want to do um, 3 by 3 maybe even just max. But it's not necessarily just heavy ass weight and for low sets and reps. It can also be plyometrics. Okay, so like the same way how a muscle up is more intense than one pull up. The same way a behind the back clapping push up is more intense than one regular push up. You can kind of play with it that way, which is what I'm doing now because I'm in the intensity phase, which is predominantly calisthenics. So now you've got force equals mass times acceleration. The third key with type one muscle twitch fibers, which just is the icing on the cake, making that force and applying it over a long period of time. This has to do with endurance, okay? So you're gonna be doing low, low intensity, low, low intensity, high volume, okay? So like a thousand push-ups, 500 pull-ups, you're gonna be running five miles, anything that's a lot in number but not very intense i know that makes sense so don't be confused okay so you put all those three together what do you get you get force efficiency per output because you're big now you've maximized your muscle twitch fiber and you've made it all strong and now you can do it over a long period of time because you've also worked on endurance. So what you do now, you have three facets right there. What you can do now, which I've kind of been doing, or I tried to do, but eh, um, is break the year up. You have 12 months divided by three. It's four months each. I kind of didn't really like that. I think four months is a long time to be training in you know one narrow um, tunnel visioned way. So I'd probably do like, you know, one and a half month increments, eight weeks is perfect. And just vary them and rotate them um, throughout the year. So you'll be doing two of each phase. So you'd be dividing it by six, right? Yes, you'd be dividing it by six. I knew it. Um, and then back to like the efficiency part. We actually, this is interesting, you actually only have access, most people do at least, to about 20% of your muscle fibers, okay? This has to do with the neurological link to your muscles um, and motor skills. And so if you're a big bulky bodybuilder, yeah, you might have a lot of muscle, but you probably only have um, a strong connection to about 20% of your muscle fibers. Whereas people that do calisthenics, they don't have a lot of mass, 
but they have a lot more access to their muscle twitch fibers. So like Bruce Lee, who's like a goat, he was incredibly strong, but not very big. So he could like bench like fucking like 275 or some shit. Um, he could hold like a barbell like out to the side, which is fucking, it's nuts. Don't try it. You'll dislocate your shoulder. But, um, yeah, so get big, but then learn how to access more of that muscle twitch fiber. So it takes mind-muscle connection. You can do things like overcoming isometrics, which um, is just pushing, is applying force against an immovable object, and it forces your muscles to feel like they need to access more of those muscle fibers. So if you're like doing a bench, do a, a set the pins like right here and then just press against it. And your mind will be like, oh, fuck, I can't push this up. My, you know, tits are going to have to dig in and grab more muscle fibers. And they'll be like, okay, go do it. And then the tits will be like, all right, say less. And then you won't move it, but your muscles will think they will. Um, so, yeah. Good tips. That's the fitness game I'm on right now. I'm just now starting calisthenics period again. And pay attention because I'm about to start getting more online with the fitness stuff. I'm in contact with somebody. We're finna do like a, a duo um, you know, fitness page and then I'll have my own and I'll write workout plans and all that shit. And yeah, I hey. Your boy will get you where you need to go for a cheap amount of money because I'm a good guy. I do it for the people. If you if you want to learn how to do a handstand, if you want to learn how to be Batman, if you want to learn how to be, um, you know, John Wick, right here, right here, I'm your boy, and you get it for cheap. Because I'm not trying to get money. That's not true. I do want some money. But the main goal is to better you. To better you. Because I want you to be better. That's some fat piece of shit. Okay. So let's talk about the world. Right, the world's going crazy. It's an interesting time to be alive in America. A lot of shit's going whack. I've gotten into Bitcoin lately, which is weird, I know. Especially because I'm wearing these sunglasses, so I really shouldn't be talking about crypto because that's a negative stereotype, right? Because I wear fitted t-shirts and I you know, have alternative politics, so I shouldn't be talking about Bitcoin, but I am. Right? Because everybody who fits this demographic usually talks about Bitcoin and mansplains cryptocurrency to females, but I am. Okay? I am all in on the coin of bit. It's, it's the bit's the shit, man. Buy it now. Because a lot of people treat it as a stock, which is not how they should be looking at it. It's not a pump and dump thing. It's got to be a long-term reserve currency outlet, okay? So traditionally, everybody's held savings in U.S. dollars. Maybe you buy bonds. Maybe 
you buy gold, which gold's good too. I like gold, but Bitcoin's the best because it is completely safe from inflation because the US dollar isn't. It's being inflated all the fucking time because the people who control the supply of it are incentivized to print more and then they can loan it out for their profit. Guess who can't? I pointed a little early, but guess who can't? You can't. So you're getting fucked and they're benefiting. That's never happened before, right? But it's the safest way. It really is. Um, and the more you learn about, I might like, I probably won't explain it, but like the more you learn about, um, the structure of it and blockchain and, um, you know, the 21 million capped supply and the mining process, the more you're like, fuck yeah, better than dollars. And everybody's like, like my mom, she loves fiat currency. Fiat's gay. Um, she's like, what if it gets hacked? It's just as easy to get hacked as U.S. dollars because U.S. dollars become essentially a digital currency. How many, one, how much cash are you holding right now? Probably not much. Probably not much. How do you pay your rent? Probably not cash. How do you pay for groceries? Probably not cash. How do you pay your car bill? Probably not cash. How do you pay for your abortion? Probably not cash. Okay? It's usually in a savings account, which is digital. So you wire the money, you Venmo the money, you transfer the money, however the fuck you do it. That can get hacked just as easily and has, not, not just as easily, it can get hacked easily and has been. Bitcoin is not. But people are conflating the fact that it's untraceable with hacking. But I think that it, it shouldn't be traceable. Why would, you, why would you want money that's traceable? That's fucking dumb. You want money where people can figure out who it went to, where it went to, why it went to it. Stupid. So the untraceable is, is a good thing. Don't come at me with that shit. But number two, also anybody that could hack Bitcoin isn't because they're not incentivized to do so. I'll get to that in a second. That's another one. I told you I was, I'm, I'm going to do it. Flying by the seat of my pants. Incentives. We'll get there. Um, anybody who could hack Bitcoin is incentivized to instead just join their computing power with a network for mining because it's more profitable. Okay, and people will always do what they're incentivized to do on on for the broad sweeping generalization. Okay, and this has to do with game theory. Change your pants again. So, what is game theory? I'll look up a definition real quick. Just like you know. Give me like two seconds, please. God forgive me, I didn't. I told you, I was just, you know, coming up with this by the seat of my pants. Game theory is the study of mathematical models of strategic interactions among rational agents. 
It has been applicable in all fields of social science as well as in logic, system science, and computer science. Concepts of game theory are used extensively in economics as well. The traditional methods of game theory address two-person zero-sum games in which the participants' gains or losses are exactly balanced by the losses and gains of other participants. Okay, so essentially what it is is just the study of how two individuals compete. Those individuals can be companies, they can be like you know groups, like collectives, whatever. Okay, but how how two sides compete a game. All right. The most revealing thing about game theory, to moi, yours truly, is that people will always do what they're incentivized to do. Okay, so there's a great um, there's a great theor- th- uh, theoretical theor- hypothetical hypothetical. I got it. I've had a lot of coffee today. Hypothetical, and it's called the prisoner's dilemma. Right. So you have two guys. They get caught robbing a bank. Okay. They get arrested, called in to the you know, interrogation room, and they're separated. Okay, so they have two options, all right, and picture a table. And look, just look it up, honestly. But I'll explain it to you because I know you're lazy because you're, you're from America. So you have two options. You don't snitch or you snitch, and both people have that option. If both people don't snitch, they get off scot-free. They're free to go. But if one person snitches and the other doesn't, well, the person that snitches gets off scot-free. The other one gets a heavier prison sentence. Okay? If both of them snitch on each other, they both get a lighter prison sentence. All right? So what are you incentivized to do here? Well, yeah, you can not snitch and hope that the other person doesn't either. But, 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 if they do, you're fucked for longer. Okay? But if you do snitch, well, the two outcomes are either you get off free if he doesn't, or you get a lighter prison sentence. So overall, the zero sum of the incentive is to snitch. I hope you changed your pants. I hope you changed your pants. And that is powerful because apply that to anything. This is the problem with the the U.S. economy um, post-COVID. Okay, this is why we have a rise in oligopolic big companies and we're seeing a corporatist economy emerge out of the dust um, because people are incentivized now to buy from big companies okay after covid think about it you uh the the mom and pop shop that you might have shopped at for trinkets or widgets or maybe you went and go get food at the mom and pop you know well they shut down they shut down so they had to charge more to make a profit still or just to maybe even break even okay so then you look next door you see the olive garden the olive garden's got twice the real estate the olive garden can deliver the food the olive garden's at a cheaper price because they make higher profits because they're a bigger company so you go with olive garden from now on why because you are incentivized to do so 
Okay. With um, online shopping, I don't really want to do books. We'll do books, okay? And I know a lot of you don't read books because most of you are dumb. Um, And on TikTok, counting on your education from TikTok um, about, you know, uh, how Timothy Chalamet and and the Kardashian got caught grubbing at whatever event that was. Um, But... If you want to buy a book now, Books a Million is not the cheapest. It's the most. It's one of the most expensive. Barnes and Noble's the most expensive. Fuck Barnes and Noble. Thrift Books is all right, but all their shits like used because it you know, thrift. Um, so wait, you're left with Amazon, and you can get. I bought all my books from Thrift Books because I am uh, principled. And I'm boycotting Amazon. Um, but you get a used book from Thrift Books. It's twice the price of the same copy of a new version on Amazon. Okay? Because Amazon can afford to not have a bigger profit. They can afford to not have a bigger markup. Thrift Books can't because they're not getting as much traction. And they can't promise you know two-day delivery, one-day delivery, three-day delivery. Okay? So people are jumping ship from ThriftBooks to Amazon because it's cheaper and they're incentivized to do so, right? And you're seeing that with everything now, buying groceries, shopping for clothes, um, buying video games because the bigger companies can afford to make less of a profit from markup than the smaller companies can Okay. <clears throat> so yeah, um, incentives. What do you incentivize to do? And probably don't do it, right? Because if you're incentivized to do it, that means somebody has power. And if somebody has power, they're abusing that power because power corrupts. And absolute power absolutely corrupts. That's not the exact quote, but it's close. <laughs> So, um, yeah, incentives, incentives, incentives. Let's talk about this. Incentives with life and development. You're incentivized to not grow as a person because it's easier not to. Because you have to you know, wake up early, work out. You have to read, you have to meditate, you have to go to work, work hard, you have to... You know, fucking talk to people, all this shit. And that's hard. So you're incentivized just to, you know, get kind of lazy, get complacent. All right? And therefore, you'll be stuck with some shitty job being, you know, just a a wage monkey. Flipping burgers, making minimum wage. um, All that shit. Whereas the incentive to, you know, excel is not high anymore because it's too much work. And to get successful in business and become a so-called elite, you have to work twice as hard as you did, you know, 20 years ago. So you just say, fuck it. I'm not incentivized to do so. I'm not going to do it. Not consciously, obviously. 
Um, there are tons of it. Usually, the road, you know, is the quote, the road less or the path less traveled is the more fruitful or something like that. And um, you're you're less incentivized to do it, so you're probably not going to do it. Most people won't do it. Um, but the path everybody's walking on, the matrix, as Andrew Tate would call it. God bless him. Um, kind of, not really. Um, no, God bless him for sure. But I'm, I'm saying for me, like I don't know, like he's sometimes okay. Um, you're just incentivized to you'll follow along with everybody else and be normal. And be lazy because it's easier, right? As long as you can make fifty grand a year, being an accountant, all is well. If you can make fifty grand a year being an accountant, it's okay living in your mother's basement and being involuntarily celibate. It's okay um, having late night thoughts of being a furry due to loneliness and solitude as long as you make 50 grand a year because to not do that is hard. To not have late night thoughts about being a furry is hard. And I'm not saying I do. I'm saying a friend does. But it's hard. Okay? So be great. Don't do what you're incentivized to do. Do what um, is most fruitful for you. Okay, whether that be spiritually, physically, mentally, on and on and on. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I just uh, had an interesting um, encounter with my neighbors. Because I walked outside just to like go get mail. And there's this golden retriever running around my garage. So I'm like, oh, like we need to, you know, help the dog. That reminds me of something. Um, so I'm like, you know, looking around, seeing if anybody's looking for it. And I look next door and there are these two older, I think Indian, but maybe Hispanic. Lines are blurred. Um, and they're sitting there and I'm like, hey, is this y'all's dog? And they're like, it's Okay. And so I said, not what I asked, but like, you know, do you know whose dog it is? Like, you know, did you see anybody looking for it? Like, it's not my dog. And they said, it's okay. All right. All right. So I walked to the other neighbor ring their door they don't fucking answer of course because i think they might be dead honestly i haven't seen them in a while and they're older so you know you don't know i I hope not might be um and nobody answers so i'm just like okay i hope this dog finds a home i don't have time to be you know i and it doesn't have a collar i don't have a leash 
I don't know where the, the hell this thing came from. So, you know, I just kind of say, all right, fuck it. So I go, I just go back to the other ladies and I just ask them make it one more time, one more time. And I get a little closer this time. And I say, hey, I don't know where the dog came from. Do you know whose it is? And she said, it's okay. So I said, all right, thank you. And I walked back inside. Because at that point, clearly, I'm receiving no help from the people around me that I need. And I know they saw it because they're sitting out there like smoking a cigarette. And I get that. That's totally cool. But when someone asks you, and you know, if you're Hispanic, I took three years of Spanish. I know, you know, a basic, como te llamas? Me, uh, me llamo Carson. Uh, um, cuando, cuando, uh, oh, uh, tu sabes cuando pero esta. I would have said that. And then they would have said, see, over there. And that part, that line wouldn't be mine, so I wouldn't have to know that. But they would say that, and then I would, I would remember it then. I don't remember it now, but I would remember it then. And then I would escort the dog over there and say, gracias, uh, um, buenos dias. Now, hasta mañana. And they would say the same thing. But that didn't happen um, because they were not in the mood, which is fine. But now the dog may be dead. So I hope you're okay with that. Now, if they're Indian, now that's bad karma. So I'm Christian. I don't believe in karma. I just do good things in the moment, and I try to. I try my best, but I couldn't. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Put the dog in my pocket? This is a golden retriever. It's not a chihuahua, which this reminded me of a time where I was mowing the grass. This was back sophomore year because I was drinking. And so I was um, going to get some whiskey. I had just gotten back from getting some whiskey, 18 years old. And um, I fix my drink. I walk outside, crank the mower. I'm getting ready to go. And I see this little chihuahua. And it's like alone. And it looks like, like you know, kind of scared. So it's running around. And so I go up to the little chihuahua. And I can see that its eyes like have that cataracts look. You know, where they're like gray and, and glossed over and shit. And so um, I go up to it. And I pet it. 
or I try to, I, I'm like getting close and I'm about to pet it. Um, cause it looks lost, but it's like looking in my direction, but can't see me. So I think it's probably scary. So anyway, I think I've told this story before. Maybe I can't remember. I think I have, but so I go up cause I'm like, okay, I'm going to, you know, help this dog, poor dog. And, um, I go up to try to pet it and it bites me. So I accidentally maybe have kicked it. Now I felt bad. So I said I was sorry. And then um, I got my neighbor out and we ended up finding whose it was. I did kick it. I felt bad. That saved between me and the dog. It was some like 95 year old lady. The, The dog was 19, by the way. So like the damage I did to it possibly was not near the damage that mother nature had done to it over 19 years for a dog. That's like, that's like 130 years. Amazing. And, um, it ended up being like some like 95 year old lady who lived in the neighborhood and her granddaughter was like house sitting or something or helping her out, and then the dog ran out, and then the granddaughter, like, didn't tell the grandmother, because she panicked, and then the grandmother had no idea where the dog was, and then we ended up finding it, and then I think it died. I think. I hope not, but I think, I mean, it was 19. I mean, I barely lived past 19, so a dog... Yeah, that's good. That's like how old Morgan Freeman is. Morgan Freeman's like 500, you know? Because, like, I he's like 80 on paper, but, like, in black years, he's like 500. Like, he might be Moses. He might have written the Ten Commandments. Morgan Freeman might have seen the Cambrian explosion. He could be Adam. Um, but like, you know, he's like 80, which like a white guy being 80, I mean, they lose all their teeth. They lose all their hair. Morgan Freeman is not 80 in black years because Will Smith is like 60 and he looks like he's 16. You know, Jaden Smith's like four in real life, but in black years, he's probably like, you know, 40. You know what I mean? Like Michael J. Fox too. How old is he? Let's just like look through um, black actors and how old they are. Like Denzel Washington, goat, bruh, goat. Okay, I'm going to look up, fuck this shit. I'm going to look up Michael B. Jordan. No, not Michael Jordan. Nobody cares about that drunk. Alright, so he is 25. 
That doesn't prove my point. But but when he gets to be like 60, dude, he'll look like 25 still. Okay? Like, let's look up how old Denzel Washington is. You ready? He's six. Not going to say the N-word. Don't say the N-word. Because that's bad. He's 68. 68. Man looks 20. Man looks 20. So, who's like a... Okay, let's look up John Travolta, who looks horrible. How old is he? Like 17? Man, 69. (laughs) And he looks terrible. Denzel Washington's one year younger. That man looks 20. It's black years, man. It's black years. They're like the opposite of dog years. You know, because dogs, they'll be like seven, but they'll actually be like, you know, like 80. And then like black people will be like 80, or they'll actually be like 500, and then they'll be like 80, you know, like Morgan Freeman. How old is he, by the way? I'll cry when he dies. Eighty-six. I mean, Jesus, man. I guarantee you, if you found like his actual birth record, it would be from like medieval times. Amazing. Um, so yeah, we'll probably, we'll probably clip it off there. 47 minutes. Pretty good. Um, check, don't do that. Don't check out the TikTok because I don't post on there anymore. I'll try to soon, but probably not. You can go look at the old videos. The old videos are funny. But I probably won't be on there anymore. Maybe, but probably not. But stay in tune to the show. I'm going to record more. I promise. Um, I'm going to be doing some comedy soon. I'll probably post that either on the TikTok or like some shit. And, uh, yeah, you know, like, ask some questions. We'll post this one on YouTube because it's a video. Shoot me some questions. Anything you want to talk about. Treat me like your therapist. If you got my number, text me. And I'll answer your questions. And, uh, yeah. Do what you're not incentivized to do. Buy Bitcoin. Don't kick lost dogs. Try to be black, but if you're not, be Tom Cruise. Because he's like, he's aging like he's black too. And um, do my do my genius training regimen. That's all, folks. Goodbye.